you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Good afternoon. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. You're listening to Wednesdays with Will, and I'm Will Addison. I'm glad that you're here with me today. That's some exciting things to talk about today. But first, I just want to make that announcement that if you have not registered for the Marriage Family Life Conference for 2023, go ahead and register. MarriageFamilyLife.net. MarriageFamilyLife.net. You can go to the site, register now. We have our early bird rate still going. And so you, you want to make sure you get in under that uh, rate. You just uh, There's a code that you put in, and then you'll be good to go. Uh, that's the Marriage Family Life uh, Conference. The Marriage Family Life uh, Conference happening July 6th to the 8th. And like I always say, it's like a big family reunion. You know, if you're looking for people with like minds, you know, that's, that feel the same way about uh, the, what's going on in the culture, what's happening with our children and you know, just really want to live life um, through a, a biblical lens, man, the Marriage Family Life Conference will put you in contact with many people who are fighting the same fight uh, each and every day, each and every day. And it's a daily fight. It's a daily fight. You know, the enemy never takes breaks. He's never, you know, fatigued and tired. He's always coming at us from some type of angle, you know, but we are overcomers through Jesus Christ. And so the Marriage Family Life Conference happening uh, this summer, make sure you go to marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net, and and register. Um, the theme for this year is uh, for his glory alone, for his glory alone. And so if you are able to come, if you're able to get away, uh, if you want to extend your 4th of July holiday, Man, come on down to Tupelo, Mississippi, and, and be with us. It's going to be a great time. We have some great speakers. You can see the lineup of speakers right on the site. When you go to the site, you're on the homepage, just hit speakers uh, on the menu bar, and it'll take you to uh, the speakers, and you can read a short bio and uh, just find out who they are. If you don't, you, You're going to know some of them. And so it's just going to be a, a good time. And uh, the special feature that I, I believe that we have it's a conference within the conference. We have the Youth Apologetics Track. Uh, we always wanted this to be a conference for the whole family, for the entire family. So uh, children ages 4 to 17, there's a conference for you as well. And it's an apologetics conference uh, directed by uh, Maria Hamilton, wife of Abraham Hamilton III, and also uh, Mark and Amy Warren. Just a great time. We have some some speakers that's going to be speaking there as well. and. Uh, it, you don't look, I've had the testimonies. I've heard the testimonies from uh, some of the children that's been a part of the YAT. And it's, it's a, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. So while you are in the main sessions, there's a conference that's also going on for the children. And so uh, marriagefamilylife.net, go ahead and register, make sure you do so. Um, 
It's going to be a great time. I'm expecting the Lord to meet us there. Also, I just want to um, quickly just state um, that yesterday we had a re-air. The reason being my wife uh, went down to Mississippi State Capitol, and she was uh, one of the speakers at a rally. Uh, it was for, it's the concern for children, uh, families at the center of the rally backing the bill to restrict gender transitioning in minors. So it's a lot of the things that we talk about on a weekly basis here on Erin Addison's. She had an opportunity to go down there and speak, and I posted an, a story uh, concerning that rally on our Erin Addison's uh, Facebook page. If you want to go and check that out, um, it's a great article, and it kind of highlights uh, all of the speakers. It talks, it pulls some quotes of what Miki said. Uh, also, it had, there, there's a clip uh, towards the end of the article of Miki speaking, but um, the Lord really used her there. Praise God. Uh, we don't take anything that we do lightly. We ask the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. There's nothing uh, that we can do in and of ourselves. God has given us abilities. He's given us talents. He's given us these different giftings. But even with that, it, it has to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. We're not trying to go out on our own strength you know, and make something happen. And I, that, that kind of folds into what I want to talk about today. You know, I've talked many times about the importance of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. Man, uh, God is consistently bringing my attention back to having to be activated and empowered by the Holy Spirit. There's no way that we can do the things that we are called to do. There's no way that we can resist um, the, the attacks of the enemy, the things that are, will be coming from all sides without being empowered by the Holy Spirit. And it's a shame that uh, a lot has been taught about the Holy Spirit that is wrong. And so because of that, you know, people are, are, are highly skeptical when you start to be, uh, talk about the Holy Spirit and, and spiritual matters for that, for that matter. And, and, and the thing is, it's an attack of the enemy to get to, to cause us to be skeptical about it because he knows that if we really relied and depended upon the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us, to empower us for service, to, to, to be at the helm of our lives, man, a lot of the things that he would try to throw at us would, would not be effective. It would not. It would not. See, we are prone to lean upon our own understanding to, to kind of uh, rely on our own strength, but man, God has given us the precious Holy Spirit, who is God, to indwell us, that we can be activated for service. And I want to talk about that a little bit today. So the topic of what we're going to be discussing today is our advantage. Our advantage. The scripture in John chapter uh, 16, verse 7, um, it says, But I tell you the truth. It is uh, to your advantage, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. And concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you no longer see me, and concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. As Jesus was to his disciples, as Jesus Christ 
was to his disciples while he was on, on earth, when he was living out this life, when he put on that earth suit and came down, was born, you know, grew into a man. When Jesus Christ was uh, what, what he was to his disciples when he was on earth, present for those three years that he spent time with them, teaching them, guiding them, instructing them as Emmanuel, God with them. So is Holy Spirit to all who are in Christ today. And consider the words of the words of Christ. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. And all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. It's an amazing thing. In Romans chapter 8, verse 14 through 17, it says, For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. As sons, we have his spirit. We have help through the spirit because we are now sons. See, we were not always sons. You, you were not always a part of the family of God. At one point, you were, a, you were children of wrath. You were a child of wrath. Destined for destruction. But God, full of his mercy and grace towards us, he drew us called us his own, opened our eyes that we can see we were dead at one time, but now we have been made alive in Christ. And us having his spirit indwell us, the Holy Spirit, is a confirmation of, of sonship. This is a, a, a major thing. We are in the family of God. This is why it's so egregious when we allow other things in this world to have preeminence over God. You see, I'm a Christian even before I'm a black man. I'm a Christian before I'm a, a husband, a father. I'm a Christian be, before I'm a radio host or a director of a conference. I'm a Christian because I'm a child of God. So we have all these things that come up in our culture today and want us to put our identity in those things. Like those things give us worth and value. What gives me worth and value is that I'm a son of God. I've been adopted into the beloved family. That's my highest identity. The highest identity. And it's a vast, vast, huge family. It's not just linked to one skin color. It's not just linked to one, you know, socioeconomic status or, you know, one 
thing. But man, there are many people, many tongues, many tribes who cry out and call on the name of Jesus Christ. And they are literally my brothers and sisters. Man, Jesus even said it. Jesus, when it, when remember, when they were calling to him and said, behold, your mother and your brother and your sisters, they're here. They want to see you. Jesus turned around and said, man, those who do the will of my father, those are my brothers and my mother and my sisters. See, he was even placing it right, right, right there that the identity is in, in the family of God. This is why we can say and we often say that we can have family members who are blood relatives who are not Christians. And then we can have the body of Christ, you know, who we are uh, partakers of, 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 of the covenant with. And we're closer to them than we are to our blood family. Why is this? It's because the family of God being in Christ is preeminent. And the Holy Spirit is a confirmation. He indwells every believer. The confirmation of sonship. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 through 6. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. This is a beautiful thing. This is something that we should hold dear. This is something that, 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 uh, transcends all other like relationships, being in the family of God. And this is made possible by the drawing of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a confirmation that we are sons of God. It's an amazing thing. He's our advantage. We're living in a time, man, where there's so much that will come up against those who are believers. But man, we have, the, we have the advantage. We have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the game changer. He has uh, been sent to indwell us. And there's nothing that cannot be accomplished through the power of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. We have to think this way. We have to believe it because it's true. He's our advantage. It was definitely to our advantage that Jesus went away because he sent the Holy Spirit who would not only be with us, but in us. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio, Wednesdays with Will. We're talking about our advantage, and I'll be right back after this. Focus or worry about what they gon' think You called me out here on this water and I came But it's clear if I don't keep my eyes focused on you, I'm gon' sink I need your help, I need you to be my peace, Lord Show me where to go, give me every word to speak, Lord I need you to show me how to be your hands and feet Jesus, give me your compassion for the hungry and the weak, Lord Cause I see This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio, Wednesdays with Will And today we're talking about our advantage now that right there is Show Me by J.P. Got Saved, 
featuring Antoine Hill. Man, this is one of the topics that I love talking about, and that's um, the power of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer and what he has done um, for us and what he does for us on an ongoing basis if we would submit to the leading and the, the authority of the Spirit in our lives. You know, man, we need all that God has for us. And so we're talking about that. I was, when I left off, we were talking about how the Holy Spirit is confirmation of sonship for us. Uh, John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17, I will ask the Father, he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. That's the promise. He abides with you and will be in you. But he said forever, that he may be with you forever. Hmm. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. How can we live without the power of the Holy Spirit? How can we live without the leading of the Holy Spirit? We cannot, not, we cannot do it and be effective for the kingdom of God. There's no way. If the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father has sent in the name of Jesus, will teach us all things and bring to our remembrance all that was said by Jesus, we need that. We need that. Now, one interesting thing, um, I was reading through a study and it's, it's a long study, too, about the Holy Spirit. Um, and I didn't get to all of it. I read through a lot of it. But the point was made that Old Testament, New Testament, all across the, the, the Bible, when the Holy Spirit is mentioned, uh, he is accompanied by some type of action. When the Bible men- mentions the Holy Spirit, there's some type of action that takes place after he's mentioned. And I want to give a few examples because I want you to see that from the Old Testament to the New Testament, the Holy Spirit activated and empowered men and women for service. We need that. See, sometimes we can get into our knowledge that we have in the seminary that we went to and all the, the, the things that we've learned, you know, and lean on that. But, man, we better accumulate that. Yes, that's great. But at the same time, that has to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. The giftings that he gives to you are to be used for the glory of God have to be empowered by the Spirit. So number one, uh, his description in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, right off the bat. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was what? Moving over the surface of the waters. There's an action. The, the Spirit of God was moving. Second one, in Exodus chapter 28, verse 3, and this is the Old Testament right here. You shall speak to all the skillful persons whom I have endowed with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garment. So they have the spirit of wisdom. That's another name for the Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom. He's called the spirit of truth. But that what? That they may make Aaron's uh, garment. They were going to do something based upon the spirit of wisdom, empowering them to do it. So they were going to make Aaron's garments to consecrate him that he may minister as priest to me. This is what God says. Exodus chapter 31, verse 3 through 5. 
God says, I have filled him, talking about his workers, talking about Aholiab and Bezalel. I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all kinds of craftsmanship to make artistic designs for work in gold. So God is saying here, look, Moses, I want you to build this, and I'm going to give you the workers equipped for building this. So he calls out Bezalel. He calls out Oholiab. And he's telling them now, I have filled them, and I have filled him with the spirit of wisdom and understanding and knowledge and in all kinds of craftsmanship to make artistic designs for working gold and silver and in bronze and in the cutting of stones for settings and in the carving of wood that he may work in all kinds of craftsmanship. Bezalel was empowered by the spirit to do the work that he was called to do. He was a craftsman. He could have been trained to do those things, but for the tax, the task that, that, that God had for him, the task that was at hand, it had to be the Holy Spirit. It had to be the Holy Spirit that was working through him to do what he needed to do. See, that's the thing. We, it's good for us to get education and, and to, to have a craft, you know, and maybe a trade that we are good in. But, man, submit that trade to God and let the Holy Spirit work through that trade. You see what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit is going to yield more results from just us, like, working and trying to do what we do in our own strength. Submit it to the Lord. Another example, Numbers chapter 11, verse 17. Then I will come down and speak with you there, talking to Moses, and I will take of the Spirit who is upon you, Moses, and will put him upon them. Now, this is a situation where uh, there was leaders that needed to help Moses. But in order to help Moses for the task that God has set before him, God said, I will take the spirit who is upon you and will put him upon them, and they shall bear the burden of the people with you so that you will not bear it all alone. Yeah, these men that were selected as leaders, they were leaders. They were heads of household, heads of tribes. So naturally, they probably had leadership skills. But for what God wanted to do with them, they needed the spirit upon them to help Moses. It wasn't just their ingenuity and their skill that they had, you know, naturally. It was because the Holy Spirit was going to empower them to help Moses uh, to bear the burden of the people. I hope y'all catch what I'm saying here. It's the same for us today. I don't care how talented, how skilled you are. I don't care how smart, how well you can speak, all that stuff. Man, if you're not empowered by the Holy Spirit, if you're not yielded to the Holy Spirit, it's all dead works. It's not going to yield what it can yield by being submitted to the Holy Spirit. Another example is Judges chapter 3, verse 9. When the sons of Israel cried to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for the sons of Israel to deliver them. Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother. Then it says, the spirit of the Lord came upon him and he judged Israel. So the spirit of the Lord came, came upon him 
and he did what? He judged. The action came after the spirit of the Lord came upon him. He wasn't judging out of his own ability. The spirit of the Lord came upon him and he judged Israel. When he went out to war, the Lord gave him Cushan, the king of Mesopotamia, into his hands so that he prevailed over him. Another example, 1 Samuel chapter 10. Then the spirit of the Lord will come upon you mightily and you shall do something. The spirit of the Lord came and then you shall prophesy with, with them and be changed into another man. This was uh, the word that was given to Saul, the first king in Israel. The spirit of the Lord will come upon you mightily and you shall prophesy with them, with the prophets and be changed into another man. See, something happens when the spirit grabs a hold of something. See, we can have, you know, things going, things working. But man, when the spirit, the Holy Spirit grabs a hold of that, it's a whole nother level. I've experienced that. I've even been in services where you can tell when the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding, when he is navigating things, when things are happening because he's orchestrating these things because this is what he wants. And you can tell when it's a service or something where the people are just driving things. There's a difference. There's a difference in singing songs under the unction of the Holy Spirit. There's a difference. You can hear a talented person sing and you can be moved emotionally. But there's a difference when someone is singing under the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a difference. It's a difference. Another example, the Old Testament, Job chapter uh, 33, verse 4. The Spirit of God has made me. The Spirit of God has made me. There's an action that follows the mention of the Spirit. And the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Then you jump into the New uh, Testament. Matthew chapter 10, verse 19 and 20. But when they hand you over, do not worry about how or what you are to say. For it will be given you in that hour what you are to say. For it is not you who speak, but it is the spirit of your father who speaks in you. Look, when you get into those tight situations, when, you, when God has called you to be a witness for him, and, it, and it's in an arena where, man, it's uncomfortable, don't overthink what you're going to say. Am I saying don't be prepared? No, you, you make preparations, but you're open to the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you because he's going to fill your mouth with the words to say. You know, even in this event that my wife went to yesterday, we prayed. We prayed. We had others praying. And we prayed that God would fill her mouth. And from all the reports that I've heard, that's just what he did because we can bank on his promises. It's not... The, uh, uh, the way that you can flip a word, your word play, and all of that stuff to move a crowd. That's what the heathens rely on. That's what they do in the world. They try to move you, your emotions with their words. No, we are looking for the conviction, and, the conviction and the power of the Holy Spirit upon our words that real change would take place, that hearts would be pricked. That people will cry out, what must I do to be saved? How does this happen? It's because someone is yielded to the power of the Holy Spirit. 
The Spirit takes those words and he applies it to the hearts. Another example, Luke chapter 1, verse 41. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Spirit, with the Holy Spirit. And she cried out with a loud voice. She was filled with the Spirit and she did something. She cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. When the Spirit is mentioned, there's an action. John chapter 6, verse 63. It is the Spirit who gives life. The Spirit does what? He gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Man, we have to understand this. The flesh profits nothing. Why would we want to be led by the flesh? We don't want to be. The Spirit is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and our life. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witnesses, and you will receive power. My witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. Another example, Acts chapter 4, verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, there's an action. He said, he didn't just speak. And this was the, the second sermon that he gave, you know, after being persecuted. This is the, around the day of Pentecost, but it's the second uh, sermon that he gave. Peter didn't just go into his own bag and say, okay, what can I say that these men, these high priests and these Sadducees and these religious leaders will be uh, convicted? No, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said, it's by the Spirit that we work. Acts chapter 13, verse 2, while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, separate apart. For me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work which I have called them. The Holy Spirit is in the meeting. The Holy Spirit is in the service. And he's giving direction. He's saying, set apart Barnabas and Saul for the work that I have called them to. And the last one from the, the, the New Testament. There's so many more. I just pulled these out. There's so many more. Acts chapter 13, verse 9. But Saul who was also known as Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, fixed his gaze on him. The Holy Spirit is the one who activates the believer. And we're going to continue to talk about this in this last segment. It's so important that we understand that it's to our advantage that Jesus went away. Because because of that, he sent the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that would not only be with us, but be in us. That's very, very important. We'll talk about that when we when we get back. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. We'll be back right after this. My eyes are 
open, I can't get caught in these little traps. And I don't need to burn sage because that's witchcraft. We need to stop being mad at the person. It's not the flesh, it's the spirit. We need discernment. It's scary to have it all figured out and you still don't know what's coming. If I say Jesus is coming, then people think it's funny. But all these kids believe in tooth fairies and mummies. I thought Easter was about Jesus. They replaced him with a bunny. Distractions give us more faith in Santa Claus than our Savior. How come the letters in Santa also spell Satan? If scary movies are good, then why do we fear it? Why do these stores like to call alcohol spirits? This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. We're talking about our advantage, the Holy Spirit. Man, such an important uh, topic uh, that has been uh, mishandled, misused, abused. But man, we have to understand that God has given us everything that we need uh, uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit to live these lives as overcomers, to do exactly what he desires for us to do. Uh, we have that advantage on our side that is the Holy Spirit. Now, um, it is to our advantage that Jesus went away because Jesus, although 100% God, was 100% man and could not dwell inside of his people. Jesus did not dwell inside of his people. Holy Spirit coming on the scene was uh, to be the way that Jesus would always be present in believers until the end of time. The Holy Spirit is the way that Jesus would be present in believers until the end of time. So why do I say this? Well, some of the descriptions of the Holy Spirit is the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of his son, the spirit of Jesus Christ. Jesus is now risen. He's in heaven and seated at the right hand of the Father. The Bible tells us this. This is where Jesus is. This is where Christ is. Holy Spirit is the way that Jesus could be with us always. Okay? The Holy Spirit has come. He's here. He's, and he indwells the people of God. Jesus Christ is seated in heavenly places. He's right at the right hand of the Father. And Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. How? Because of the Holy Spirit. Because of the Holy Spirit. Remember, the scripture tells us what the job of the Holy Spirit is. He, he represents Christ as the Spirit of Christ. He represents Christ. The Holy Spirit, he does what he hears. He reminds us of, of Christ, of his words, right? He represents Christ as the Spirit of Christ. John chapter 16, verse 13 through 15 says, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you what is to come. So the Holy Spirit speaks what he hears. He, he didn't come of his own initiative. Remember, he was sent by the Father and the Son. He is here to remind us of the words of Christ. What he hears, that's what he speaks to us. He will glorify me. This is Jesus. He will glorify me, Jesus says. And he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. Oh, what a precious thing. We are not handicapped at all. 
We're not, you know, man, we have it. If we would understand, he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. All the knowledge that we would need, all the understanding that we need, we can get it through the Holy Spirit. Because he takes of what is Christ and will disclose it to us. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. Again, he reminds us of the words of Christ. John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. This is how Jesus will be with them always because the Holy Spirit that would indwell them will bring up Christ's words. Even for us today, as we read the scriptures, as we have learned of him, the Holy Spirit brings up Christ, his words. When we are witnessing and, and God gives us that word of wisdom, word of knowledge, or he brings back that scripture passage right on time, it's the Holy Spirit reminding us of the words of Christ. He gives us the Father's words. Matthew chapter 10, 19 and 20. But when they hand you over, do not worry about how or what you are going to say. For it will be given you in that hour what you are to say. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. We see this on the day of Pentecost. We see this with the Apostle Peter. The scripture that I, I read before, and Peter, filled with the Spirit, said, he was being persecuted. He was being brought before people that wanted to kill him. But right in that moment, the Holy Spirit gave him what to say. That promise in Matthew chapter 10 was realized in the book of Acts with Peter. And it's realized in us today. It has not stopped. The Holy Spirit will remind us of the words and give us the words of the Father. He prays for us. He intercedes for us in our weaknesses. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Man, what a powerful, powerful passage that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. But the Holy Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. How can we lose? How are we defeated in ourselves? When we have the Holy Spirit interceding for us, Maybe it's because we're not yielded to his leading. I don't see any losing here, any way that we can lose. But just as the Holy Spirit is interceding for the believer, Jesus Christ prays for us and intercedes for us. In Romans chapter 8, verse 34, who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died. Yes, rather who was raised, who is at the right hand of God who also, who also intercedes for us. So you have the Holy Spirit 
who indwells us, interceding and helping us to pray right prayers. And we have Jesus Christ, who's at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. Where's the losing? Where's the losing? He empowers us to live holy lives. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 through 19, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. But to rewind what it says here, that in our inner man, that his spirit in the inner man will strengthen us, will empower us. He empowers us to live holy lives in an unholy world. He empowers us. It's his power. He convicts concerning sin, and he, when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me. He empowers us and activates us. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. He empowers us. There's nothing that we uh, 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 can't do through the power of the Holy Spirit as he's leading and guiding us. Remember in John chapter 15, verse five, it says, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. How do we stay connected to the vine? It's through the, the promise of the Holy Spirit. How do we actually stay connected to Jesus? It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit keeps us near to Jesus. Because remember, he's here to represent Christ. He's here not of his own initiative, but he's here to remind us of the words of Christ. So the Spirit keeps us near to Jesus. The Spirit keeps us dependent on Jesus. Remember, if we're not in the vine, we're not connected. Jesus says, for apart from me, the vine, you can do nothing. The Holy Spirit keeps us dependent on Jesus. See, we bend towards being independent. That's part of the nature. We bend towards that, that oh, I'm going to figure it out myself. I don't need nobody else. That's part of this bent, but the Holy Spirit helps us to stay focused on Jesus, to be dependent on him, understanding that we have to be connected to the vine, and if we're not, there's nothing of substance that we can do. The Spirit continually points to Jesus. The Holy Spirit inside of us continuously points us to Jesus, to his words, to what he said. The Spirit produces fruit in us. That's an indication of the life lived unto Jesus. 
Y'all know it. The fruit of the Spirit. Those are our proofs that we are in Christ. The Holy Spirit is our advantage. And it was to our advantage that Jesus went away. Because now we don't have uh, something that's on the outside of us that's going to be, you know, going away one day. We have the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. Within us. And he leads us from within us. Listen to the words of the Apostle Paul. Uh, He was uh, reflecting a life lived with reliance upon the Spirit. Now, the Apostle Paul was a brilliant man. He was very learned, very studied, right? He understood the law. He would be like a lawyer, highly educated, under the greatest rabbi, (laughs) the greatest rabbi of his time, Gamaliel, who had a family lineage of rabbis who were esteemed among the Jews. This is who Paul was under. And he was one of the prized students. But Paul, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, says, And when I came to you, brethren, I did not come with superiority of speech or of wisdom, proclaiming to you the testimony of God. For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your fate would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. Oh man, how, if this was our motto, if, if this is what we live by today as ministers of the gospel, that is not in the, our words and our being able to, to tie things in like, you know, our wordsmithing, but in demonstration and power of the spirit. It says yet, we do not speak wisdom among those who are, who are mature, a wisdom, however, not of this age, nor of the ruler of this age, who are passing away. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory, the wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood. For if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But just as it is written, Things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. For to us, God revealed them through what? The spirit. For the spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God, no one knows except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. We have the Holy Spirit so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. Which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit, combining spiritual thoughts and spiritual words. But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them, because they are spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritual appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he will instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. 
Rely on our advantage, the Holy Spirit. We'll be back tomorrow, but until then, God bless.